Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. This is one mic. Can we be real? I'm going to stretch the line and see. Now, if you step over the line, I'm going to say something about it. This is one mic. This is one mic, please. Gotta do it again for y'all. This one mic, this is your ID, Wilson, here with Hank, and we'll get to Hank in a minute. But, you know, we all heard the news uh, that shocked us today, uh, that uh, Prince died today. Uh, uh, effects of it sounds like uh, flu-like symptoms. They're still trying to recover. I, I haven't been able to, uh, to track the news, but just the, the announcement of it, um, for someone like myself, um, you know, you get to a certain age where you start to realize, um, you know, a lot of your your musical and sports and all these folks who influence your life are beginning to pass, and you never think of a world without them. And he's one person I never thought we would be without. And um, so we'll, we'll be trying to play some some music by friends here throughout the show. Um, but I, you know, I'd be remiss, you know, I got my guy Hank Davis on, who's, you know, uh, you know, our man from inside the park. And, you know, some of y'all don't know, Hank is a musician, a singer, someone who loves music. 
and someone who's been part of the, the, the vicious debate that everybody has. You know, um, I heard Jalen Rose talking about this earlier. You know, y'all youngins was arguing about who is better, Pac or Biggie. You know, in my age group and particularly in, in, in Hank's age group, the arguments were fierce about Michael Jackson and Prince. You ain't but today kidding. it's about Prince and, uh, you know, Hank, you know, I want to just start and maybe just think about, you know, how, uh, you know, did Prince influence you, you know, and as a musician, how did he influence you? But, you know, what what did Prince mean to you and, 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 and what was your appreciation of him and what he gave us? Well, I, I have to say to you, you know, that to get news like that punch you in the gut. And as you so eloquently put, you know, you just start to think about so much of your youth, so much of what you grew up with, you know, they're, they're human beings, they're flesh and blood, that their their physical body, you know, deteriorates and, and, and dies. And, you know, Prince was just one of those icons that you just did not think was going anywhere. You know, you thought he would live forever. And, you know, a, a very impactful, you know, with me growing up, I was right in the midst of the Michael Jackson Prince debate. And it just seemed like right there in a, uh, in a time in the early 80s, both of those artists were just absolutely just pouring out hit after hit after hit. And you, you kind of fell on one side or the other. And it was, it was just uh, an amazing time for music. As for me, um, it, it, it defined a whole generation. Prince's music defined a whole generation. I had an opportunity to just kind of talk to some uh, friends of mine or just some people who grew up in that era, and everybody's just shocked and stunned. It makes you just look into your own morality and say, listen, you know, mortality, should I say that, you know, that we all got to go that way sometime. It just seems like, you know, every time you look around, just a just a piece of your youth is gone. You're left with the memories. You're left with the music. But as for me, you know, I've had, I've been blessed to say I was able to see Prince in his prime, perform several times live, and, you know, it's an experience that I'll, I'll take with me for the rest of my life. You know, uh, you look up, we talk about so many musical icons that's passed already this year. Uh, some of you may not know that Denise Matthews, also known as Vanity, uh, passed away just a little over a month ago. Uh, Maurice White, the founder, one of the co-founders of Earth, Wind, and Fire, also have passed this year, and millions, many more. David Bowie, and you know, it just helped. You have to stop and, and and think about. We're talking about sports this evening, but we talk about the world of entertainment, things that get us away from real life sometimes. And then when real life has an opportunity to just you know infiltrate that, it really kind of you know puts things into perspective. So. You know, I mean, I've said a mouthful, but just to just to come back to yeah, it's a it's I'm still stunned, and I'm glad I'm so glad, D. Wills, that you took the opportunity to open the show that way. I know we're going to be hearing a lot of Prince music over the course of the next several weeks, and just to a great great artist, his royal badness, as we used to call him. You know, it's it it it's going to be a tough time for a lot of his fans. He had a great following. He will truly be missed. You know, uh, my first show was at Chrysler Arena. I remember, uh, I think my brother Steve got me to take, because I'd never been to a show, didn't have enough money to go to these shows. You know, y'all was going to shows, but, you know, I was like the little brother tagging along. And <laughs> a show, I mean, you talking about Prince and time and what music. I was eating dinner with a, a young lady today. I, um, you know, I have the fortune of, of working with a lot of young people and doing incredible things. And 
they were talking about their first two-year experience. But, you know, she's from Minneapolis, and I said, one of your icons. And she talked about it. I said, you know, I, I remember All-Star Weekend. So I'm bringing back a sports story now, man. So we got a, we got a common friend, my, my guy, Dana Davis, worked up <laughs> worked for Prince. Yep. And, yep. Um, and I, because of him, I've had some incredible experiences. And so uh, All-Star Weekend was up in Minneapolis. Uh, it was, I think, uh, Weber might have been second year, so it was like the rookie second year game. I remember uh, going in, out there early uh, with a guy from mine from uh, uh, Beloit, Wisconsin. We rode up there about five, six hours. Got a chance to hang out with some of the security detail and hang out with and have, hear the stories about traveling, them traveling with him to L.A. and, like, you know, they were regretting being up all night. Um, because they, you know, because Prince was workaholic, you know, and, like, he'll be in L.A., and uh, he'll be playing his little dive place, and then he'll go in the studio, and, like, he never really slept. But they talked about, you know, I said, the rumors about him playing basketball. He said, yeah, he can ball. You know, and talking about, you know, his ability to hoop and things that you didn't because of the way he had his persona. You heard, you saw stuff on Chappelle. But, but you know, Cash was like, he, this was before Chappelle came out, way before. But folks were talking about, you know, this cat can ball. So I'm yeah. in – and I'm in his club. His club is on two levels. And so they told me that Prince usually comes in and he got a corner. He got a, he got a, he got, they, they, he comes up through the outside. They walk to the door. He got a little seating place. He checks out the club to make sure that it's hopping. If it's hopping, he's going to stay. If not, he's going to go. So I'm looking over the rail. I see him come in. I'm looking over the rail and I'm just not paying attention to him. Next thing you know, he right behind me. Like that scene in Purple Rain, he's standing behind him. Apollonia, you know, it didn't yeah. turn around and he gone. It was just like that, man. I felt weird. I was like, where this cat go? He ain't got them long legs. How you get back across the room? <laughs> but, it, but the aura I felt, like this cat was like two feet behind me. I'm like, in about whatever it is, you know, I'm taller than him. But you felt the presence, man, of this cat. And just the love of folks. Uh, that All-Star Weekend was off the hook. Uh, Shaq performed. Uh, it was just a crazy time. And Prince and all them delivered a great opportunity for those All Stars that weekend. And I had another chance to go up there during the Final Four weekend and just be in that spirit. Went to Paisley Park Studios. I remember uh, bumping into Tupac on the way out. Uh, we almost ran over him uh, outside of Prince's club that same night. Mm. Uh, wow! And just the people and you know him providing Tupac with space in the studio to perform. But and 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 how much you know artists like that revere Prince like. Cats like Snoop and all these other cats who, you know, he crossed into all these other genres of music where folks just loved him. And he never owned the limelight in the way that some of these great performers, I think we underappreciated him. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't think we, I think it's now we can reflect on him. But when you think about how much he contributed to music, how incredible he was as a musician from playing instruments and all the things he did whenever you watch his concerts, I, sometimes I felt like because of the way he led his life, still stayed true to living in the Twin Cities. He might have had places, he might have had locations other way, but he was his home base was Twin Cities, Minneapolis, right? Mm-hmm. Like he he moved off of that, and right, you know, which which says a lot about who he is. Like he might have had a house in L.A. and a house here, but his home base where he did stuff was was to, and what he contributed to the music scene there. Um, he's going to be uh, forever missed, man. And so, you know, I definitely appreciate 
you know, what you brought to the table as, as a musician, uh, but also as that generation. Well, I tell you, again, you know, you can't, you can't go too far. I mean, what Prince was able to do was transcend generations. Yeah. You know, when you listen to his music, you can hear some James Brown. You can hear some Michael Jackson. You can hear some of anything. And then you listen to other artists. And, you know, you you hear a lot of old schoolers like myself will tell a lot of these young cats that they y'all don't know nothing about music. You don't know nothing about music. I would encourage anybody that's still in, that, that's in their 20s and in their early 30s to kind of reach back, okay, and take a listen. What real music was all about? About some and about what, what these artists actually did. We're, we're, we're talking about Prince. Prince played a n- numerous amount of um, of uh, instruments. He uh, soloed on records, and you didn't even know it was him. He was an absolutely phenomenal uh, uh, artist and, and a genius, and that, that gets thrown around a lot. But he was an absolute, just, just, just a wizard, a magician. You know, and what he did And, you know, I, w- I would encourage anybody To go back and listen to some of that music Some of that music that y'all sampling today Some of that music that uh, you only got eight bars worth of And then you throw something else on it Go back and listen to some of them originals Listen to what some of those artists actually did You will be amazed You will see why uh, a lot of old school cats today Are really, you know, uh, choked up Because you're, we're talking about an era that by it seems like each passing day, Devon, that another great one is 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 leaving this earth, and you know um, it would be, you know it, it it it's sad, but I will say to you that 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 I am so blessed to say that I grew up in an era where I got an opportunity to watch this man perform at his prime, to watch and listen to albums, not CDs, not iTunes but albums to actually go see him in concert several times. Came to Joe Lewis like 12 times one time. I think I went to two of those shows, right, when he was doing the uh, Purple Rain tour. Uh, uh, you just, you, you didn't have to be a great big off-the-chain Prince fan to appreciate his music, to appreciate what he did. Um, and so, again, this this is a very somber day. You know, for for music fans of Prince and music fans alike, he'll sorely be missed. But thank God, he he put so much out there that 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 his legacy will live forever. Thank you very much. Well, Prince Roger Nelson died 57 years old. Um, will always be remembered. You listen to the Real Sports Guys. One Mike. I'm here with Hank Davis. You know our you know our big time contributor here, but you know really known for his work with Inside the Park. Uh, we're brought to you by Blog Talk Radio over the Blog Talk Radio uh, airways. All all callers and uh, and hosts are brought to you on the Blog Talk Radio uh, airways uh, tonight. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the NBA basketball. There's been a lot of hollering and crying out there, and we got me and Hank in the building, and so uh, we will we will have a little conversation here in a few minutes about some NBA basketball. But again, Prince Roger Nelson died at 57 years old and will be sadly missed by all of us.
I think you're going to see some compelling match. I think you're going to see some compelling matchups. I think the Oklahoma City Dallas uh, series is going to go back and forth. Uh, that's because, but basically because there's no great teams between one and two, in my opinion. I don't see any great teams. I see great matchups to get to those teams. Uh, I'm more intrigued as to the Clippers in the West, and you know how do they respond this year? You know they they pretty much had a meltdown after taking out the Spurs. It just seemed like they didn't realize what they were doing after that and fell apart. But uh, again, what you want to see if you're just a base basketball enthusiast, you're going to watch some great matchups, and then it's going to get down to what I think everybody wants to see, and that's going to be the Spurs and um, and 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 the Warriors. And whether or not Steph's uh, ankle holds up, he's going to, he, they're going to need him. They won't need him in this Houston series, but they're going to definitely need him going forward. I wouldn't play him if I didn't have to. I wouldn't care if he won six games. I don't think Houston – I think Houston is, is just trying to get to the golf course myself. So I wouldn't play him if, if, I'm, if I'm their coach. You, you know, one is – go ahead. I, and I want to say while you talk about Houston real quick, I want to get your opinion. I, I mean, James Harden, man – is I don't even understand how to think about him, right? Like, this cat in the playoffs literally does not even get look like he's trying on defense. Like look, he's James Harden got to the point where it seemed like once he signed that contract, and, one, and, and I'm talking about the shoe contract. I'm not talking mm-hmm. about his NBA contract. Because he came out like a beast for a minute. Then it seemed like when we signed that shoe contract and started making commercials, it was like, I'm going to go out here and earn my paycheck and be done with it. He doesn't have – and I'm with you. He doesn't like – if he's not getting the rock on the offensive side of the ball and, and, and chucking him up and doing what he wants to do, then, then that's it. His game is, is one-sided. And that team looks like, okay, let's hit the golf course. I mean, there's, there's, there's no fight in that dog at all. And I don't – and James Harden – Maybe 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 the worst thing that ever happened to him was to be successful, because he yeah. was a much better player at Oklahoma City than he is now. He, he was he played on both sides. He played, you know, everybody's enamored with how his scoring improved, but he was he was a much more complete player in the sense that he gave a commitment on defense because he didn't get away Absolutely. with it. He, yeah. he had people like Westbrook and Durant and them demanding that. He contributed. I don't know what happened when he went to Houston. And even when they made that run to the uh, Western Conference Finals, he had improved in his defensive side. I mean, his his improvement in defense was at the same rate as as Curry had, had pushed yeah. him a little bit more effort. Not that Curry wasn't, but Curry was learning how to use his size because he's undersized to be a better defender. And I think that happened under Jackson. But you saw that. You saw that, a little bit of maturity happening in some just, I don't know if it's that Kardashian spell. I don't know what it is. You know what? Again, it just seems like it's not. It's the the drive is just not there. You know, he goes out and and now, like I said, for some of these players, the worst thing that can happen to them is to be successful because they don't seem like. Because when he was the sixth man coming off that bench in Oklahoma City, they were a threat. They were a threat, and he yeah. acted like he had to prove himself his first year in Houston, and now. He signs a shoe a shoe deal, and like you said, the Kardashian thing. It's like you know what? It's a wrap, and you can tell, and you can tell it not just with him. You can tell it with his teammates, and see that's a telltale sign right there. And, and you start to look at 
like like hard and it's like okay what what really happened what's really going on and to me he looked like he done got he done got fat and happy then this team like I said this is the best thing that can happen for for Golden State because they can rest Seth Curry for this entire series they can rest him for the entire series and and and, and uh, you know if 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 you know you coming up against that team you're like well y'all could put up some fight. Now, what I didn't know, I noticed you didn't have OKC in the finals. Now, Game Changer got OKC winning it all. Oh, uh, he and got his mind. <laughs> Do mind. tell, man. You say he's <laughs> out of his mind. I, I still think, I, I still think that the Western Conference Finals is going to be San Antonio and and Golden State. Okay, until somebody shows me something else. Okay, how are you looking at OKC right now? Uh, they they going back and forth with Dallas. I looked. I was watching a little bit of the game before we went on air today. It looks like uh, I look. Dirk Nowitzki looked like he had had about five whoppers before he came on the court. He looks like he look. He looks like he's got a case of the thickums. I'm telling you right now. I don't see how you. And and and, and I'm sorry, Westbrook to me, he is a. I'm, I'm gonna call it. He is a uh, regular season player. Because when he gets to the playoffs, he don't care about his teammates, okay? He going he gonna to chuck that sucker up. I don't care if you got the whole team plus two people in the stands on him. I don't trust that. I don't trust that in the playoffs. And he does it too soon and too early. And, and I haven't seen where he's learned anything. So, no, he's out of his mind on that one. I would, there's no way in the world I would have I, I I went with the Clippers before I went with OKC. Because, and this is one of the things I talked about, Hank. When I watched, at first I couldn't get it. And then it finally clicked for me the other day. And it's all attributed to these, all their fourth quarter woes. Mm-hmm. And you can say what you want to say about Michael. But one of the things that Michael learned with help from Phil is that at some point you got to trust the others. Right. That when you think about a lot of the big shots, it's Paxson. It's Kerr. It's Hodges. Not only is Michael making big plays down the stretch, but in some of those signature moments, he made the pass to the cat who made the play. And when exactly. I watch Oakland City play, there, is, there, is, there isn't a possession, for the most part, that the shot in the last five minutes, that the shot isn't either taken by Durant or, or West. And what happens is teams overload on both right. of them and right. don't trust that nobody else is going to score. And right. So they figure out how to get a third or fourth person to make a play down the stretch for them, a big play. They're not. Go, they're not going to. You can't beat. You can. You can beat the teams you beat now that way, but you can't beat the Spurs that way. You can't beat Golden State that way. You can't beat Cleveland that way. You couldn't beat Miami if they come through that way. You can't beat any of those elite teams that way. Listen. And and that's why I see them missing that. And that's not the coach. No. In fact, that's if you the really player wanted, you, trust you get that there. you can give it up. Even Kobe had to learn that. Until yeah. he learned that he had to trust Powell and some of these other guys that make plays down the stretch, he wasn't going to win. Listen, Westbrook can almost be called a, a coach killer, all right, because this young man I, – I, look here, I just don't see no, no, no NBA coach in America knowing – that you know they can. They, you got two superstars. You can run a diversion. You got to get you a third man. You understand? They haven't been close to the finals since Harden left. He was that third man. Okay. Yeah. Even there, Westbrook was playing selfish ball. And you're absolutely right. 
You know, there's there's no trust, and and that's only because those guys are all about themselves. Now, not Durant so much, but you can see it in Westbrook's game. You can see it. All you got to do is watch the last five minutes and watch how many times he chucks that puppy up. And some of those shots, he's gotten better, okay, which is why people want to call him an MVP candidate, but he is clearly a regular season player. That just don't play because all you got to do in the last few minutes is say, okay, run the ball, run right at them too. In the last two minutes, let's see what happens. And that's that's anything, and, and, and uh, I, I sent him a text about it. God, he cracked me up. He said, "He oh, is mine." <laughs> it could be good to see that. Oh, yeah. I, I was so surprised. I was surprised he picked. Okay, see, cause I couldn't figure out what he because he the game changer is usually on this. Like he's a great yeah. basketball mind, and so when he picked them, I was like, that seems so out of character for him. What makes, what makes you and think I couldn't they, understand that because based on even what he sees as a. The kinds of things to win. So I was surprised, but you know, I could have seen him saying, saying the Spurs. I could have, like you said, he's a Chris Paul fan. I could have seen him making a case for the Clippers, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, before them. But when he said OKC, okay, City, I was like, I said, let me did I check that. Let me check the tape on that well, one. How, he, how does he feel like that that they they're going to get past either the Spurs or or the Warriors? If the Warriors right now play good team defense, okay. And they do go down in the paint every now and again. You know, who was the uh, finals MVP last year? Steph Curry. Nope. Oh, it was Iguodala. Oh, they gave Iguodala. It was Iguodala. See what I'm saying? You got, you got another fake name in there with all of it. You got the MVP. You got the Splash Brothers. You got you got Draymond Green, everybody. But, but Andre Iguodala was the MVP of the finals, okay? I, this is what I'm talking about. They're gonna they got another option you might want to pay attention to. And it, and and I can't see just from, you know, just 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 basketball logic one on one how you figure that you could pick Oklahoma City unless he knows something I don't know. You know, and maybe he got some Vegas eyes or somebody in the mob, but outside of that he need therapy if he's picking them. <laughs> <laughs> He might pull you on the. They got, they got a. He got a podcast coming up with uh, Justin Page called Flagrant Two. Uh-huh. It's not like you might foul hard enough to make it a flagrant. That's a flagrant two. <laughs> He's picking Oklahoma City over 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 three other teams. Okay, uh, two two against four, two against six. Oh my God! Yeah, I okay. think his argument is no other team has top five players like Westbrook and uh, Durant. And that because they got that, that they have guys, you can't contain them down the stretch. I think the problem is, one, is defense. My argument with him is that because they don't trust the others, they have many more empty possessions than the Spurs, uh, 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 um, uh, Golden State, the Cavaliers, even even, um, uh, the Clippers in closing time. They, they 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 shoot and, and what I loved and this is where it clicks I think and and, Ken, and Kenny Smith and them like Kenny Smith is really getting on this because I've been calling this for a while but he said it right they're not making winning plays so they no. make they make shots but those aren't winning shots you know KD hitting hitting a shot from thirty those aren't winning shots whereas when you look at the Spurs and you look at uh, Gold State you look at Cavaliers you look at all these other teams. Shots they get down the stretch are winning shots, are winning plays. And so they get plays of spectacular 
but those things don't hold up against great teams like the Spurs. Like you can't get a, you can't get away with that with them no. like you can against Dallas or these other teams. No, you you you, you got to understand that you know you if you got more talent, truly more talent than another team in these lesser rounds, yeah, you're going to get away with that. But when you start talking about some of these playoff tested teams, coaches that know how to take things away from you, OKC, that, again, it works in the regular season, okay? But we have seen it with them in the playoffs when they make these adjustments that they're not used to and they're still trying to make these spectacular plays when teams will gear their entire game plan around two players and force those other three to beat them. They can't do it. Westbrook keeps trying. Durant keeps trying, but sometimes they meet their they meet their match simply because they can throw two players at you, make you try to beat them, and they don't, and they just don't do it. And 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 just with that alone, you know, just with that strategy alone, I still can't see how you can take that over the Clippers, over the the Spurs, or over the the Warriors. I it 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 doesn't make any logical sense. I mean, and, and this is, and I'll, I'll stop here and let, we'll go to the East with you. But okay. this is why I've, I've said, and I said it under Scott Brooks, and, and, I, and I think their current coach will pick this up. You know, they talk about Golden State's lineup of death. I think OK, OK City's, and this is why I told uh, him that I would agree with him if, we, if, if they figure this out. If, if they can get away with starting Randy Foyle at point guard, because they brought him in and he's a veteran, and they can move Westbrook to two. Because the, the plays you're talking about, if Westbrook is making that as a two, those are plays he's supposed to make as a two. His biggest criticism right. is he's making those plays when they have him at the point guard position. But if you move him to two, and depending on your lineup, you play Durant at three or four. And then you could have a Baca, you could have Cantor, depending on how you want to play. If you did a lineup like that, because Westbrook can guard a two because of his athleticism, and you got a point guard who can control the distribution down the stretch, if he can become your poor man's version of Chauncey Billups, yeah, you, you, you get where I'm going with this. Again, and Westbrook going. now is is your Rip Hamilton, mm-hmm. and you, Kevin Durant is your is your Carmelo if you had drafted him. <laughs> right, right, you're right. You, don't let it, we're not going there, okay? That, that, that's no, we gonna leave that one alone. We we gonna leave that one alone. <laughs> but, you, but, 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 but we didn't even, want to get too emotional. Even with it. that scenario, D, you're talking about, okay, y'all going to make this dramatic switch right now this year. I don't yep. think so. They okay, so, you, so, I'm, so I'm going back to your boy. So if you ain't going to make that change right now to open him up to that, then you're running the same scheme that everybody has seen all season, which is yeah, not going to lead to finals. They watched that movie already. You know how it ends. Yeah, you know. Which 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 means your boy needs therapy for making that pick. <laughs> <laughs> Phil Tina came back in the text laughing out loud. He 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 laughed when I told him. Uh, and we haven't got a response for game changer yet. So if we look to the east, my brother, to the east. That's right. Okay. What, what, what's your observations? Uh you know what? That that that's got to be some of the most. I don't even know what the words to put it into some of the basketball I'm watching. I'm mm-hmm. trying to watch uh, my Pistons, which I am very. I will tell you right now with them, I'm 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 very uh, excited about the future. I'm yeah. not so excited about the present because <laughs> our young man that we want to that we want to uh, give the franchise to can't throw the can't throw the ball in the ocean from the free throw line. 
Andre yeah. Drummond. And that's that's a problem, okay, because they're taking him off the floor when they need his size. I hope they can work on that with him in the in the uh, in in the off season. Uh, I find you know what I find I find. Let me just move to another series real quick. Uh, the Hawks and and Boston. I'm impressed with Boston. They're down yeah. two zero, but they play some pretty inspired basketball. You know, uh, I, I like. I, it, it's kind of ironic that they got a guard named Isaiah Thomas that plays with the Boston Celtics. But I'm just, <laughs> you know, that's that's ironic to me for for some of the old schools out there. But still, um, I've I've been in, I've been in, impressed with with how they're playing. They just again down the stretch in these playoffs, you got to know how to play late in the fourth quarter. Uh, that's cost a lot of these teams games. Um, the the Pistons, I mean the the Pacers and Toronto. Toronto ain't as good as advertised. The Pacers have been giving them fits. Um, and that series is going to go a long way. Miami looks good. Um, and, and, again, that's that playoff experience, uh, you know, that's that's coming out with them. They look good. I wouldn't be – now, if you wanted to pick somebody to make it to the finals, I would I would have probably been more uh, interested if he had said the Miami Heat to beat yeah. the uh, dysfunctional Cavs versus uh, the Oklahoma City uh, Thunder. Because Miami looks like they, they got a little bit of a run in them. You know, and and that would be that would be an interesting Eastern Conference Finals. I'm not sold on Toronto. I'm not sold on Atlanta. I know I came on your airwaves a few months ago and said to watch out for them, but just by watch, but the eyeball test, uh, watch out for the Heat. They 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 look like they got a little something in them in the East. Yeah, and uh, one of the things I said early on um, uh, with them is that. Um, uh, you know, um, so we were talking about this teams that um, had reached their ceilings on, on our previous podcast. If you get a chance, go to realsportsguys.com or check us out on Blog Talk Radio. Just search for Real Sports Guys. You can go to iTunes and search for Real Sports Guys and download. We just dropped a podcast. And on that podcast, we talked about teams that reached the ceiling, teams that were on their way down on a decline. Um, teams that were on the rise in, in contenders, and and when I did my list, surprisingly when I went through it, I put the Miami, I put two teams who are kind of veteran late kind of teams, but who are rebuilding on the on the on the go, and that was Indiana and it was Miami. It, mm-hmm. I mean, they've done an amazing job of infusing some youth. When you think about Whiteside, and you think about what they've done um, uh, with. Uh, you know Winslow and some of the other youth they brought in to uh, to be a part of this, and then adding Dragic and and, and, and managing Wade's minutes and, and bringing in veterans like Lou Aldang uh, mm-hmm. to the picture. They really have repurposed that, and part of that goes back to also Dwayne Wade's leadership, his ability to know when to back away to assert himself to build capacity is allowing that to happen. But that's a team, because of someone like Whiteside, that you got to say is formidable. When you got somebody right. who can take away a certain aspect of the game, and if they can get him to play the right way along with the other pieces they have and then adding in Joe Johnson, you know, that mm-hmm. that they become – and the fact he told Miami over Cleveland said something about I – w- I was going to say about the way Dwayne leads. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and he, he is a leader. I mean – he is a consummate leader, all right? 
when 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 Bosch and Bron and LeBron James came over there, that was Dwayne Wade's team. When Shaquille O'Neal came over there, that was still Dwayne Wade's team. When he had Lamar Odom, that was still Dwayne Wade's team. Okay, and it's his team now, and he knows how to play in the playoffs. He's won championships. He's won championships with the best, and 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 they're and they're looking good. They they they've got that swagger about them. If you're watching any of the games, you know, and you know if you you were just casually watching the NBA to, until you got to the playoffs and you looked up, you'd be like, huh, you know, Miami. You know, I thought they lost everybody, but 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 lo and behold, there they are. In the East, you know, you you've got some up and comers as far as some of these teams that are right now just they're just placeholders for. For for the next round, you know, you know, my poor Pistons, they're there right now. They're not yet, you know, but this is a good experience for them. The Pacers, are, you know, uh, has got a little got a little going on for themselves, you know. But but I, I like what I see out the Heat, and I'm interested to see what Cleveland does, you know, uh, with, with with Lou being their 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 coach in name only, their pseudo coach, and LeBron James being their actual head coach. I want to see how that how that dynamic you know uh, transpires as as the uh, playoffs go on because then they're going to go against some coaches that know how to coach in the playoffs, okay? And it's just going to be interesting to see, you know, that I, the dysfunction has got to come out soon with that team. I'm I'm just not sold on them. They they they're the most talented only because they've been there, but not but and the rest of the East right now is just kind of. You know, up and comers, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens as this as these they as this uh, playoff season trans, transpires with them. And you know, and one of the things I think, you know, and, and this is, I think LeBron's learning this a little bit that Wade does that I, I think I'm beginning to see LeBron do is, and you and I are both in leadership positions, and sometimes your best move for leadership is stepping back and creating space right. for people to grow into. Mm-hmm. Like, don't suck up all the oxygen. Like, Wade is really good with that. It's allowed people to find an independent space in there. Whiteside has kind of been angry and doing this. But Wade is probably coached and mentoring, but he's also allowing him to be him within the context of moving the team forward. Right. And I think LeBron struggled with that with Kyrie and even a little bit with Kevin. But you can see, even in some of the lineups, Kevin's coming on strong late in the year. I think – He's realizing the way that's got to happen is he got to let them do what they do, mm-hmm. and that care as much about that. And so, and how Lou is playing a role in helping that to happen is we'll see what what like you said where that goes when they start getting into this more stiffer competition where there's equal around the coaching piece and there's equal around the players, and you got to execute right and you right. trust because the only way LeBron is going to win is if. They do what they've done a couple of times here against the Pistons, where you got where he was in some ways the guy scoring twenty. He got to be like Zeke was, right? The way he got to win is like Zeke realized. Let me cut my scoring down from twenty seven to around twenty eighteen, and let you know, create space for Dumar and the other guys to contribute. And we're gonna concentrate on defense. Like he had to give something up to get what he wanted. Mm-hmm. And I think LeBron is in that same space right now. Well, that. yeah, he is, but but again, they're they're going against a team right now that no playoff experience that that has a liability at at the five that you know I I think he was uh, four for sixteen, uh, Drummond was. Yeah, but he last. got a 
these cats got to forget trying to be cool. The young man at Louisville had the same issue. What are he doing? He's shooting underhand like Rick Barry. Rick Barry been telling – I mean, Shaq, if Shaq, if Shaq could have understood, he could have branded that. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, you get these cats to understand, man, you could brand this. And and, you, and 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 your your percentage goes up, you know. I mean, when you're shooting as bad as Drummond is, the worst ever. What thirty eight, thirty seven percent ever? Yeah. You got In to go underhand. Yeah. I look at his release. Part of it is he shoots it different every time. He doesn't stick it with was, it and follow through. Yeah. And uh, he, in some ways, he got better form than some of these other guys. Um, and and people like Duncan and them were there and improved. Carl Malone was bad and improved. By the time his mm-hmm. career was over, Carl was a good free, point, uh, uh, free throw shooter. You can yep. do it. But I think some of these big guys with their hands should just go underhand, make it make it cool. Something. I mean, a cat like Drummond then goes from, I mean, this cat could average 30-some points a game if he hit half his free throws. Yeah, he could. And But see, what they say, what they, say they knew he was going to employ the hacker drum for this series. And, you know, for the, for the Pistons, again, when you start talking about playoff basketball, I've said it about three, four times already, that last five minutes in the fourth quarter, you've got mm-hmm. to be able to lose. And they have to take him off the floor. And that's going to hurt this team. They don't have the depth for that. So, again, you, you, you're going to see Cleveland. They'll probably win this in five. I, I expect Detroit to win at home tomorrow night. They'll probably take them out in five. But then, again, but then you're going to start running into some teams that's got a little bit of more, more playoff savvy. Do I expect Cleveland to get upset? No. But I do expect them to have a little bit of a run in the East. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I mean, they're, they're not just going to waltz through everybody. Uh, they, a couple of these teams is going to get in fits. And I, and I do believe that it's going to come down to what happens when you start having that debate between Lou and LeBron James. You know, what's that going to do with this team? You know, because you got a couple of guys, he's just now starting to get to play right. You know, so we'll see how that we'll see we'll see how that works out. All right, you listen to the Real Sports Guys, RealSportsGuys dot com. RSG One Mike. I'm here with my man Hank Davis. I mean, we haven't. This is how good this cat is. We talking about all this stuff, and we ain't even got to the meat of what he gonna do. You know, we're not that far away from my inside of the park, but when, you know, when we come back, we had a little chance, a little opportunity to attend the Michigan spring practice. And <laughs> we got to make time for that. You know, be the most talked about person in the off season uh, for uh, college football was Jim Harbaugh. And we got a chance to see the spring practice is the coming out party for most teams. And my man Hank and I had the privilege of being there. We come back. I'm going to let him lead in this. We go, man, well, y'all <laughs> – here it is, y'all. <laughs> y'all gonna love it. We'll be back here in a minute on the run mic here, brought to you by Blog Talk Radio. We gonna talk about Jim our ball and the other stuff that happened at the mission. You're listening to the Real Sports Guys, RealSportsGuys.com, brought to you by Resistance Digital Solutions.
You're listening to The Real Sports Guys, realsportsguys.com, brought to you by Resistance Digital Solutions. You're listening to the Real Sports Guys, realsportsguys.com, brought to you by Resistance Digital Solutions. My guy coming in, doing his thing. Got the music coming up, <laughs> and, and I was just, my man. I was just talking, and I had the biggest come through after I got the music off, and I realized I was not on the air. Technical difficulties. <laughs> I laid it out. I had talked about you. I said, you know, we're 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 thinking about Prince. I said I had gone into my SEC thing, and I realized I was still off the air because I couldn't start laughing about what we're about to talk about. <laughs> so we go. Thank you for jumping in, my man, and adding. Hey. The, we, 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 dead air is not what you want on the air. I got to try to figure out how to edit. <laughs> I, I said I'll give him a minute. I said maybe got to be clutch, but hey, it's time to move. <laughs> and, and, and so I'm sitting here talking like, and I forgot I put, took myself off because I was laughing as I we exited oh, to do you know. But back to what I said about Prince Rogers Nelson and and having my guy Hank, you know, live musician. Performing, understands the importance of performing live, and it's the value added. So we, you know, we're trying to, to, to as, as much as we can honor. You can't really honor a person like that who has such an impact on so many people um, in the world. But it drives me as we into our next conversation, where um, we're going to have a talk about the, the person who is the most talked about person in the off season uh, in college football. I mean, there's there's no de- there's no debate. Jim Harbaugh owned the off season of football. And, yes, he does. And, and one of the things that was crazy about it, so I posted after they made the announcement, anytime they change a rule midstream, when they they still haven't come down with any kind of uh, uh, outcome on, on some of these cases that have been pending for like five, six, seven years, but they can figure out how to answer this, that means you have messed up, some, made some people mad. And So I posted some stuff. Uh, you know, Check us out at uh, Real Sports Guys. Um, 
uh, on Facebook. You can get to us at realsportsguys.com. Join it. We got our, our, our Facebook page is growing uh, by the day. We get a lot of new people on there. And it's obvious when I posted I had some response to this post, this announcement, um, uh, from somebody who was in SEC. And I had to remind that person that he didn't, he actually didn't reply because I like to remind people SEC has always had talent. Their mm-hmm. problem is their talent producing with great coaches. Right. And uh, when you talk about, you hear Booker McFarland uh, talk about LSU and how they played before Saban arrived and the struggles they had. These teams, Alabama before Saban, again, were not very good. And right. their success is linked to a lot of these cats who are from the Big Ten and who uh, had links to the Midwest, Urban Meyer, uh, Les Miles, Saban, even Bielema. You know, these guys mm-hmm. are uh, with these coaching trees, whether it's uh, 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 Woody Hayes or Bo Schittbackler or, or uh, um, uh, Hayden Fry. You know, these, there's a lot of their coaches out here coaching in now. And so, so, you know, you have to organize the talent. Or, or Vanderbilt would be winning more. Kentucky would be winning more. Um, or Georgia, Georgia would get over the top. So, right. So so this so my reaction is, you know, why are you getting mad when the talent is all in the back? So this guy goes back and forth. So there's no question that Jim Harbaugh owns the offseason. So we, by fortune and by by location for Hank, I was able to go to the spring game. I had I was going home. I forgot they even had a spring game. First of all, the spring game was on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. Harbaugh is always doing something different. It's on Friday night. It's like Friday night lights. So in the big house on a Friday night, then he's got these young MCs with, with their own rendition of who's got it better than us. So he took his father saying, got these young cats hip-hopping, busting rhymes doing it. So that's part of it. But before we get to that, I got to have Hank kind of lay this thing out for us because it was okay. it was a great night. And so I don't want to get too far in it because – you know, Hank, you have a great way of capturing this experience. So okay, I'll let you, I'll give it to you, and I'll sit back off onto the right. You got you're going to have to help me with it because you 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 do such a good job of it. But so we're here. So so as as D has already said, you have got this almost mid fall uh, atmosphere going on the first day of April. Okay, so you've got this excitement. Football is back. Beautiful night in April in Michigan and Ann Arbor. And you got the cheerleaders, you got the band there, you and as you said, you got these rappers. And so they come to that point now before there's a kickoff or anything and, and believe me, the atmosphere was like a real game. Up until the same point where how does every game start in America? Whether it's basketball, football, hockey, you know, or, or baseball, you always stand up. You always have to honor America. Well in this particular night in Ann Arbor is no different than any other night across our great land in which we honor the the, the flag and the, and the land on which we stand, okay? And that's what the PA announcer is. He came upon us, and he says, to honor America, please stand and remove your hats, and military personnel may have their, have their hats remain, but salute to the flag as we bring to the big house World-renowned, I can't even get it out, a world-renowned opera singer and 
uh, director of music at the University of Michigan, and the man's name escapes me, okay? But that's not important. What's important is this grand, grand uh uh, announcement of this gentleman who's going to sing the national anthem in front of some 50,000 people on a brisk Friday night in April. And so the, as the PA rings throughout the stadium, you can look down on the field. We've got pretty good seats because they're all free, and you see this man as he is gesturing and getting into his song, and you can just hear a beautiful operatic voice just resonate throughout the big house as he says, as he's singing, Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light? And everybody's like, oh, my goodness, this guy's got a great voice. And then he continues on, and he goes as follows, and I quote, What so proudly we hailed. (laughs) (laughs) There is a pause throughout the stadium as this man sounds like he just coughs up a lung. They're looking around. The jumbotron shows and pans the cheerleaders, and as it goes down each cheerleader's face, each one breaks up into laughter, which at this particular time destroys half the stadium. The other half is still trying to figure out what the hell just happened. Does this guy need uh, CPR or something? And at that particular time, I lost it. Devon's brother Steve lost it. To, to, to D. Wills' credit, he was trying to remain game face, but he couldn't. He also succumbed. We laughed the whole first half of that game. I don't care who was playing at that point. I literally had tears in my eyes. I mean, this guy had. Come on, give me, give me, give me the, uh, the, the his presentation. You do it better than I do. <laughs> when the killer was when I looked up, I was trying to hold it in, man, trying to be respectful. I looked up, and you and my brother, y'all have your hats over your face. <laughs> y'all in tears, and the students around you are trying. They try not to laugh, but because the intro, you hit it right. It was like because you gotta understand the announcement. This is Michigan State of the Big House, and it's echoing. Yes. Please stand, 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 stand. <laughs> As we honor. We <laughs> honor our nation by singing an national anthem. Military personnel, please keep your hats on for the proper salute. <laughs> As we bring to the field world-renowned opera singer, and chair of our music department at the University of Michigan. I'm ready to run around. And his first uh, note, you like, this is the best thing. When he hit his first note, it was echoing. Like, they can yes. hear it in Detroit. It was it was like, this is the Super Bowl. Yes. And, you know, we was a game face on, and then when he hit that note and stopped, I was like, what's going on? And then all you hear is... It's silent, and Hank is. <laughs> if you hear this laugh on the cover, Hank is oh. just lost. It. <laughs> it's silent in our section, and everybody looks around. Oh, it was off the hook. It was off the oh, thing, and that's how the day started, and it got better. 
<laughs> but we lost. Yeah, we 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 were no good for the first quarter. Yeah, we kept laughing. We could not recover. I couldn't recover. He sounded. He it was such a gag, and the gag echoed like fifty times more than his voice. So it was like what 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 what. And so, and you could just tell he was singing harder and harder, trying to recover. And the harder he sang, the harder we laughed. And because he wanted to feel like, like I told my students, I'm gonna kill it tonight. Didn't he? Huh? Yeah. He, he wanted to feel like I, my students know I'm gonna kill it tonight. I told him I was. Oh, I got family in the stands. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm about to do interviews after this. <laughs> I looked up that, I looked at, you know what, somebody hid that really well, because I looked that up for two weeks trying to find out if somebody recorded that. <laughs> I did, too. And that tape. <laughs> I thought somebody would have caught that. They, yeah, they did that, that well, they, man. They did not show that. Because every game, oh. every uh, video of the game never started with the national anthem. They never started they with the that. national anthem. It's like none of that's getting out, man. The big but it was a great game. That, I bet they was up in there cracking up too. You had the 1990 team; they was falling out, boy. You just seen everybody oh, yeah. head, uh, shoulders hopping up and down. That was hysterical. Yeah, you had Woodson in the house. You had what Hutchinson? You had yeah. you had you had some you know elite players in the house that night. Mhm. For that one, so you had that atmosphere going on because they was honoring them. Yeah. You know. So. It was, you, you had yeah. you had those guys you had Lloyd Carr in the house. Oh my God, it was hysterical. <laughs> it was hysterical. In the game, and when you lose the team, the product, huh? The product he had on the field, he got some players. Oh, he's he 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 has done a tremendous job, and the uh, less than a year and a half he's been here, uh, Michigan football is back, and that's what the SEC is concerned about. See. The thing about Jim Harbaugh, you can say what you want to about his quirkiness and everything else. The man comes with a track record of winning. He's won with less, okay? What folks fail to realize is when he got the San Francisco 49ers, they look like the 49ers look like right now, okay? And so when he came along in one year, he got them to the NFC championship game. And then they stayed there for three years until his fourth year, when he was asked to leave, he comes. They're they're afraid of him because he moves fast. He knows what he's doing. He is a he is a, a a relentless football coach. They don't know what he's doing. They can't get a read on him, and that scares people, especially when you're good and when you're good and you're clean and you put it in your face. How do you respond to that? And and that's what this is all about with him. Everything he's doing is cutting edge. It's well thought out. It's within the rules, and they and 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 so what you got big conferences doing is crying. You got them whining. They're scared because they might win now, but if they don't put a stop to this guy, he will run and own college football, and at his alma mater where he loves it. You know, nobody in Ann Arbor is going to touch him unless. It just gets too out of hand, but it's not because he what he has done. He's thought about. He probably thought about it while he was at San Francisco because it's coming off too clean. Everything he's doing, and that scares people. Well, I mean, even the halftime one where he did the introduction, and they all had their entry music of all yeah. the, the 
people who were there from his uh, class coming in, and they ended up with the, the number one, you know, uh, recruit in the country, uh, right. doing his thing. So yeah, it was it was and, that was he even that taking everybody's hand. Yeah, got that an was, amazing that was, uh, that was, reception. Yep, I mean, you know, he he, he covered he covered it all that night. And then they, and then ends up on a, a close last minute play like they competed to the end on both right. sides at steak dinner. Right. <laughs> With a goal here's, line. The thing, here's the thing that I will give him, you know, is just that while you have a lot of what people would call experts and they can look at raw talent and they can look at where a kid is ranked and stuff, they really can't tap into their heart. Jim yeah. Harbaugh has that a knack of doing that with some of these kids and getting things out of them that nobody thought they could get out of them. And again, when 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 he, he he's just going to outwork some people, and he's smart at what he's doing. He lives what he's doing. He's just going to outwork some folks and get his team. That's why it didn't work for him in the pros, because college kids turn over every four years, so he can play that act for a while. That scares people because they know they're not going to work that hard. Nick Saban's not going to work that hard. He doesn't feel like he has to. Uh, and some of these other coaches don't 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 really have that kind of drive to it. Jim Harbaugh is a rare bird. Anybody who can look at him can tell he is. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he, uh, you know, he just, he just, um, you know, he just gets after it, and um, you know. Uh, you just got to respect it. But it was just a great atmosphere. We happened to be there um, having, a, um, you know, a great time and kind of seeing, yeah. you know, this guy that's kind of been owning the college football offseason and how he's been working. And uh, it was just a great experience. And, um, you know, we had uh, a, a, a great laugh and, and, uh, and really enjoyed it. <laughs> well, we're going to take a break in again. You listen to uh, RSG One Mike with Hank and, 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 and D. Wilson. You know, it's been it's been a fun show. Uh, we're gonna take a break and then we're gonna come back with our inside the park uh, segment with our man Hank. You know, think about the fire he's been going. Now we going into his wheelhouse. It's <laughs> gonna get real fun here as well. It's been a great show, and um, you know, we'll definitely um, uh, get into some baseball here next uh, on Real Sports Guys here on Blog Talk Radio. Um, on all the uh, hosts come in on the Blog Talk Radio platform, Blog Talk Radio Airways, and uh, gratefully Blog for supporting us. Um, and uh, when we come back, we're gonna kick off the Inside the Park segment uh, with my guy Hank, and he's gonna he's gonna hit us with some baseball stuff. So we'll, we'll talk to you in a minute.
is coming off of, of a season just off of his MVP year. So you expect him to really uh, continue to compete this year. You look over to the West, you have the Dodgers. Where are the Dodgers and all that money? This is, a, this is another even year, 16. The San Francisco 49ers, the last two even years, have won the World Series. So this is 16. Let's see if they're going to do it again. And then you've got a bunch of also-rans, in my opinion, with Colorado, Arizona, who's got the most, probably the ugliest uniforms in the league this year, and San Diego Padres bringing up the rear. But when you're looking at what's going on in baseball this year, I know that there are already some real good uh, – talking points to start this season. Is this finally the year that the Cubbies break that curse? Is this the final year that they get all the way to the World Series? If you all remember last year when they were playing the Mets in the National League Championship Series, everybody kept on going back to their movie Back to the Future 2 in which the Cubbies won the World Series in that fictional movie. Well, guess what? It was just that. It was fiction. And they didn't make it. And they had the Mets and the uh, Kansas City Royals, in which I called the world snoozies because I didn't watch it. But, that, but that's just me. But, but the thing is, the, the Royals went on, won, and now they're, they're, they're doing their thing, and they're leading the, the American League Central right now. I believe that the National League Central is going to be very intriguing all year long. You're going to have three teams that's going to be just beating their brains out in St. Louis and Chicago and uh, Pittsburgh. Those teams aren't going anywhere anytime soon, and that's going to be a lot of fun baseball to watch. In the American League, pay close attention to the American League Central, okay, because Kansas City, Chicago, Detroit, and Cleveland are all going to be in there battling away. It's going to be, real, it's going to be a bloodbath there as well. The other thing I want to talk about is the New York Yankees. Oh, the Yankees. Yeah, they made a couple of off-season acquisitions getting a Rawls Chapman on the back end of their bullpen, okay, but they got to get the ball to him first. They've got some very aging pitching, and everybody wants to see if the Yankees are going to be relevant again. I say nay. I think they're too old. I think it's the last year for A-Rod, so maybe that drama finally goes away. Maybe they figure out a way to go ahead and get them a bullpen or a farm system and get some young talent over there so the Yankees can be the Yankees again. The other piece I really want to talk about is a tale of two general managers. You have Theo Epstein, who is now the general manager of the Chicago Cubs. You have Dave Dombrowski, who is now the general manager of the Boston Red Sox. Theo Epstein broke the curse of the Boston Red Sox when he was there and delivering them a world championship. If he can do the same thing for the Chicago Cubs, they're going to change his name to the Exorcist. Because if he's able to break that curse and get that team to the World Series, and believe me, they're a very talented team, then they can't help but say he's the one who exercises all the curses. He may be needed for several other teams in the major leagues if he's able to do that. And then there's Dave Dombrowski. Dave Dombrowski was once the general manager of the Detroit Tigers, very successful over there, light power arms, and you know, but always struggled with some acquisitions to get a decent bullpen was fired abruptly last year after several trades, which made the Detroit Tigers everything but relevant going down the stretch. And now he's with Boston, where he took the time to re-sign David Price. As, 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 as he, he traded him to Toronto as the general manager from as Detroit. As he got hired by Boston, he goes and, hire, he goes and assigns him to a, a lengthy multi-year deal. We're going to see if Dombrowski can bring any magic back to the Boston Red Sox who, by the way, right now have started off at 7-8. and eight. 
So we'll have to wait and see about this tale of these two general managers and see if they're actually worth their weight in gold. And finally, what I want to talk about tonight, because we're getting kind of short of time, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the wussification of our game of baseball and about sabermetrics. What I want to talk about, uh, you know, what I want to talk about a little bit is just that when we're looking at, the, I say the wussification of it, because they just came with a rule this year where you can't, run over the second baseman, and, or, or you got to touch the bag and all this kind of stuff that it, it's turning into what I would call, um, you know, softball, beer league baseball, all right, little league baseball. I mean, these are pros. These are professional athletes. If you're not going to let them go hard, I understand the money that goes on with it, but that's baseball. All of a sudden last year because the hotter got hurt in the playoffs, you changed the whole rule around, all right, a year ago, they took away, you couldn't run into the catcher. Now, for years, this was part of the game, all right? This is what made baseball physical. When we played baseball as kids, we didn't come off the field until we were dirty. Now these guys don't want to even get their, their cleats dirty. Come on. You know, the, the rules committee guys, a lot of you guys played this game. Give the game back to the players. Let them play the game the way it needs to be played. I can understand you don't want nobody getting hurt, but guess what? It's the nature of the beast. You can't go out there on the field and not get a little bit bloody, all right? This isn't a game for girls. Let them play the game. And finally, again, sabermetricians. That's another thing that's driving me crazy. You know, you got these guys that's building whole teams based upon stats, regular season stats. We spend most of the night tonight talking about what's going on uh, in the playoffs, in the NBA, because it's a different animal. It's a different mindset. So you go and set up a team based upon what guy is doing in the regular season and don't understand the heart of a player when you get to the playoffs. It changes up completely. I can name several players in the playoffs that was MVP that had terrible uh, or, or less than all-stars, less than stellar regular seasons. But they got to the playoffs, got to playing in the World Series, and became World Series MVPs. They'll never be the ones to make it to um, – they'll never be the ones making it with uh, – making it to um, – Phone going off, tripping me out. Sorry about that, folks. But they'll never be the ones that make it to Cooperstown, but nevertheless, they were the ones that got the rings on their feet, on their fingers. So that's a quick overview of Inside the Park. You know, when we come back, you know, uh, when we come back next time, we'll get, have a little bit more about what's going on in this season, what's going on with baseball. We were just getting started, 162 games. We've only got 15 in. So guess what? That's that's it for tonight for uh, Inside the Baseball, and uh, we'll be back after these messages.
coming out late. The RSD family. You're listening to Inside the Park. Inside the, inside the, inside the, inside the park. to the to the end of the show and uh, um and 
you know, get to the other side of this. You know, we want to thank you all again for listening to us. Go to realsportsguys.com. Um, you can uh, get to us on Facebook and Twitter, um, as well as um, on other social media platforms, as well as check us out on iTunes. Um, you know, it's been a pleasure, Hank. Um, sure. And uh, we'll, we'll be back on it. Uh, but until then, uh, we all want to say peace to, to everybody. And, uh, Prince, we miss you, my man. Um, and you always live on. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.